On the final day of spring practice, open to the media rather, we saw some familiar faces for the first time in a long time, and also some new faces for the first time. What role will those players play moving forward? All of that on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also find us on YouTube as well. So you can watch the podcast along with listening to it on the go. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one or you can follow along with podcast updates at Locked on LSU. Today's edition of Locked on LSU is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So today, out at spring practice on a Tuesday, was the final spring practice open to the media ahead of the spring games, spring scrimmage, spring football event on Saturday in Tiger Stadium. Brian Kelly already mentioned that it wouldn't be a formal scrimmage just given all of the injuries kind of plaguing this team. That They wouldn't be able to have a full roster out there to play offense versus defense, but they are going to have some form of fashion of a scrimmage on Saturday in Tiger Stadium. So it'll be good for us as fans, members of the media, you know, admirers of the team to see some of the young guys, some of the freshmen, to see some of the older guys coming back from an injury, just to see what this new team looks like, to see some of the quarterbacks on full display, Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer, the young gun, the newcomer, Ricky Collins. I almost said Ricky Fowler. I don't know why I have golf on the brain at the moment. Ricky Collins. Apologize to Ricky Collins. Uh, to see those three guys on display as the quarterback position undoubtedly will be a position of conversation as we progress throughout the offseason. But today on Tuesday at practice, we did see a few faces that we haven't seen for a long time or a few faces that we haven't seen at all. So let's get into that. First and foremost, the biggest Topic of conversation today, the biggest ticket item of the day, Mason Smith was back out there on the practice field. Now, I just want to remind everyone I am not Baton Rouge-based. I'm not able to be out of practice. So I've been following along with what some of the local media members have put out there. I've been looking at a lot of Glenn West's notes on Go247.com. So appreciate Glenn West. Appreciate all of the media members out there working hard, uh, you know, putting the time in and, and making sure that we all as fans are as updated as possible. So shout out to those guys and women as well. Mason Smith back out at practice. Um, there, and according to Glenn, there was a, a team spokesperson that had said that Mason Smith had been out there at least a little bit, but this it, today on Tuesday was kind of in the, in the biggest form or fashion that Mason Smith was out. He had braces on both of his legs, but he was in full pads, which I think is, uh, is a big deal. He was moving around a good bit. He was practicing in the individual drill period, not quite 100% yet. And that's okay. It's encouraging that he's at least in full pads that he feels good enough to at least be out there jogging around and, and doing those individual drills, even if it's not going at it 100%. And I think that's good because now I think we can kind of start to 
start the clock on Mason Smith's full recovery. I would probably bet, based off of everything I've read in practice, based off of what I know about ACL recovery, that if there was a game today, if Florida State LSU was Tuesday, April 18th, that Mason Smith would not be playing in that game. However, LSU doesn't play a game today. LSU doesn't play a game tomorrow. LSU doesn't play a game next month. LSU doesn't play a game the month after that. Well, we as fans, probably that sounds like a pretty bad thing. We're like, okay, hurry up and let's get this football thing on the road. It's a good thing for Mason Smith that he's at least out there and box 1A is being checked. That, hey, can you get out there and do drills? Hey, can you get the pads on? Hey, do you feel good enough to be running around, to be with the team, to be out there in the field? And that's the first step toward being fully 100% ready to go, ready to rock against Florida State or whatever game it might be where Mason Smith is fully 100% and feeling like himself, feeling like the 2022 version of himself pre-ACL tear, obviously. So that's a good sign. So now that he's up and moving around and getting back to health, now we can use this time from April 18th in the spring through Labor Day weekend in September in that game against Florida State to get back to full strength, to get back to full mobility. That's a big part of the ACL recovery is you're looking at about a year until you're able to get back on the field, about a year-ish. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that your knee or your leg or you, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally are going to feel 100% or going to feel like the player that you were before you tore your ACL. That sometimes takes a little bit more time. I've heard from so many NFL players in the past that have said, yeah, I came back and I was able to play. I was physically cleared to play after one year, but I really didn't feel like myself until after two years or maybe a year and a half or whatever that might be. So now Mason Smith has this time now that he's able to at least kind of start to continue to do the bare minimum and add on on top of that. And I don't say bare minimum in a derogatory way. I just mean it in a minimum of what you are physically able to do at the moment. Well, now you can use this time to continue to build back that strength, to continue to build on what you've been able to do on where you are right now. So that way on May 18th, this time next month, maybe you're feeling more strong. Then on June 18th, you're feeling stronger. July 18th, you're feeling stronger. August 18th, you're feeling even stronger. So you can just continue to build off of that recovery. And that's obviously not a guarantee that Mason Smith is going to be 100% for week one or he's going to be 100% for week two. I don't know what his recovery is looking like, but it's at least a good sign that he's got those pads on and he's been able to do individual drills and can only continue to work off of that as time goes along. Wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Mason Smith in the spring game, spring scrimmage. Wouldn't expect him really in uh, the slightest at all. But then he can take that month or so, month and a half in between the spring game and when training camp really starts to ramp up. And he can be in the weight room. He can do his physical therapy. He can do what he needs to do. So he is that much closer to being a full go for training camp. I've said it before, and I will say it again with these injured guys in spring practice. If you need to take a week off of spring practice because you've got tweaks, you've got bumps and bruises, and you've got things that just aren't 100%, nurse that back to health. Do it in April so you don't have to do it in October. Get 100% so you don't have to do it the week before the Alabama game. That's how I feel with Mason Smith. Don't rush anything back. You do what you are cleared to do. You do what you feel good doing. We don't need you right now. We love you. We don't need you right now. We need you in September. We need you in October. We don't need you in April. But we saw some more faces 
back out at spring practice, how they were looking after injuries. We will get into that coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, baby. I love baseball, and I am so happy that baseball is back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get in on the up to $1,000 action back in bonus bets. That And if you don't win, then you will get that $1,000 back in bonus bets. So what bets that I'm looking for pretty much always give me a Nolan Arenado anytime home run hitter. I know I'm a Cardinals fan. I know that might be kind of a homer take, but Nolan Arenado and his Cardinals buddy, Paul Goldschmidt, they always seem to produce some sort of offense night in and night out. So I think that that's a safe bet on FanDuel.com. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. The NFL Draft is this weekend, so we will continue to keep you updated with all of the NFL Draft action. But coming up on tomorrow's episode, we will hear from what John Jancic, special teams coordinator, outside linebackers coach, had to say that has experienced so far as an on-the-field coach at LSU, what he's seeing from special teams, what he's seeing from the outside linebackers. That will be up on tomorrow's episode. Breaking down some of the players that we saw back at spring practice, maybe that we haven't seen in a while, maybe that we haven't seen in a couple of days, maybe that we haven't seen ever, and one that was back out there today was Greg Brooks. I say today, Tuesday. Tuesday practice, the final spring practice, um, open to the media before the spring game on Saturday in Tiger Stadium. So going back a couple weeks ago, we saw Greg Brooks was in, in a boot, um, had, a, had a brace around his ankle. He was on, he was off, he was in practice, he was out of practice. And Brian Kelly provided us a little bit of clarity that Greg Brooks has been dealing with a minor ankle sprain that he was on the treadmill, that he was putting 80% of his weight on his foot, that around this time last week, he was about 80%. But we saw Greg Brooks back out there on the practice field on Tuesday. Again, a minor ankle sprain, not anything that we need to throw our hands up about, not anything that we need to be overly concerned about. But as I said, something that I'd rather Greg Brooks nurse back to health in, all, in April so he doesn't have a nagging ankle all fall long. I think that any fan, any coach, any player would agree. The point of spring practice is to get back and get healthy. So by the time training camp rolls around, you are ready to rock. Um, so yeah, take your time. But 
it is encouraging indeed to see Greg Brooks back out there moving around. Now, I don't know for certain. Again, not Baton Rouge. I can't be out there. I don't know for certain if Greg Brooks did have any sort of brace or support on his ankle, but it looked like from everything that I've read, all the evaluations that I have seen that Greg Brooks is out there and he was going through individual drills. So he was at least out back at practice. But I think one thing to look at as Major Burns is coming back from an injury, and remember, as Brian Kelly told us about a week ago, that Major Burns would miss all of spring. Again, something that if you need to miss spring, fine, as long as you're good to go and you're able to take that time away to get back to to the level that you need to be at. Um, Between Greg Brooks and Major Burns' injuries – and some of the young guys coming in within the safety room, that's one position that I'm looking at that I'm targeting that LSU might want to look at in the transfer portal. And that's no disrespect to Greg Brooks. That's no disrespect to Major Burns. That's no disrespect to Javion Toviano or some of these young guys that um, have been taking some snaps at the safety position. But it is just a, just a, a security blanket, I think. Like Brian Kelly said last week. They were going to approach the spring transfer portal period as just building depth. And I think that that's exactly what they would need at the safety position. If two of your starting safeties are dealing with injuries now, and then now in practice with those two safeties in and out or out for good for spring like major burns, and then you're relying on these true freshman safeties to at least be in there in practice to have a body to fill that safety position, you feel fine about that in spring practice because those young guys get experience because you can have them out there. You can do your evaluations. You're not going to feel as good about it in uh, in October as you do in April. So just looking through the transfer portal to see if you can find some of that depth just in case this major burns and Greg Brooks um, entries that have kept them less than 100% in the spring do persist throughout the regular season. It's just taking care of yourself. It's just making sure that you have that insurance at positions of need. Now, we had seen a little bit of Greg Brooks, hadn't really seen much of Mason Smith, but we did see a face for the first time out there at spring practice on Tuesday, and that is Deshaun Womack. So remember, Deshaun Womack, a five-star edge rusher, defensive lineman, out of Maryland in the 2023 class. And that has been a guy that um, John Garcia Jr., of course, Locked On's official recruiting insider, has really highlighted and starred for me as this is a guy that can come in and help your team right away. This is a guy that maybe week one or two or three or four or five, whenever it might be, as a true freshman, Deshaun Womack can be a contributing factor for you. So that's always been a guy who I've been following very intently because if John says it, then it's true. That's that's science, right? Um, but Deshaun Womack in the off season went underwent labrum surgery, so it's kind of like that that soft tissue area socket in your shoulder. So he went underwent labrum surgery and really wasn't expected to be out there at spring practice really at all. Um, but it is encouraging also to see him out there that his recovery is going well. Again, you never want to rush it, but this time out there, especially for the young guys. It's it's key to at least get the body moving after you've been dealing with an injury, um, and especially when the, the expectations and the impact are fairly low compared to what they will be come June, July, August, whenever the workload really ramps up. Also good for Deshaun Womack, really specifically Deshaun Womack, to be out there as a true freshman. You know, with Greg Brooks and Major Burns, 
they don't need spring reps. And that's no take about practice isn't important or anything like that. It's just these guys know what they need to do. These guys are veterans. They don't need spring reps. The true freshmen could use the spring reps just to get acclimated to the team, to show the coaches what you can do, to carve your spot, to you know, understand the expectations, to meet people, you know, learn the team, learn the coaching staff so they can learn you. Um, so that's all incredibly important. So Deshaun Womack out there after his labrum surgery. And if, again, like Mason Smith, not 100%. You're not going to expect him to be 100% just a few months removed from a, a, a labrum surgery. Wasn't expected to participate in the drills in spring practice, but was able to be out there in the individual period. Not 100%. Don't need to be 100%. Nurse yourself back to health, and then we uh, will see you in September. But Mason Smith, Greg Brooks, Deshaun Womack, all out there at practice today. And I've been interested to see it because I have my own expectations, or really expectations isn't the fair word. I take that back. My own excitement about Deshaun Womack, just given – how much praise he's gotten from some of the national recruiting insiders, how much praise uh, John Garcia Jr. has given Deshaun Womack. But John Jancic, def- uh, outside linebackers coach and special teams coach, was asked about Deshaun Womack when John Jancic was at the podium on Tuesday after practice, was asked about Deshaun Womack, his development, how he sees him fitting in this entire scheme. This was John Jancic. Obviously, Deshaun Womack hasn't really been a full participant this spring, but once he's back, Kelly said that he's going to kind of move around. What do you sort of see as maybe the next steps for him once he is healthy as a pass rusher? That's a good question. That is a really good question. Um, he's going to get in there and, and see where he, you know, what he can do. And um, we know he's talented. We, we love him. He uh, obviously came back from that shoulder injury. And so we just. Um, once he gets back, it's going to be a continuous evaluation day to day, really, to be completely honest with you. I am watching his his um, interview with the media press conference is the right word I'm looking for his press conference with the media on Tuesday. I love John Jancic. He's quite the character there. But I think that John Jancic gave you an incredibly honest evaluation, an incredibly honest answer about where they stand with Deshaun Womack. I think they still have questions about what he can be, where he fits in, what he'll become this year. And that's totally fine because he's been injured. Because you don't have your entire team out there in spring ball. You're not going through through, you know, full practices. You're not going through it with a with a full expectation of what things are going to look like play by play by play. Springtime is an evaluation period. They haven't been able to evaluate him. He has been hurt. So that's what they're going to do now with him coming back and his workload increasing. They're going to be evaluating him. So we don't really know what Deshaun Womack is going to be this season because I don't think Brian Kelly or Matt House or John Jancic even know what Deshaun Womack is going to be because I don't think they know what they really truly have in Deshaun Womack. Of course, no, he's a good player. Incredibly talented. You know he's got the size. But you can't make a very fair evaluation or make bold predictions about a player when you haven't been able to see them. So I appreciate the honesty. And it's true. It it, it makes sense. You're not going to know what you have in a guy until you can see what you have in the guy. 
But coming up next, LSU gets another series win against Kentucky over the weekend. Some of our takeaways, my takeaways from this past weekend and what that means for LSU baseball moving forward as we start to get into the second half of conference play. We'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. LSU gets another series win against Kentucky over the weekend, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And I believe, I believe, if I'm looking at the schedule correctly, we might be done with Thursday games. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we are done with the Thursday night games. I'm over it. I don't know why I detest them so much. I'm just over it. I like my Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. I like a baseball game to watch on a Sunday. Sue me. So I believe we're done with Thursday games. Thank goodness. But that's not the important part here. LSU gets the series win. Broke down game one on a podcast last week. Of course, you can find that on your preferred podcast platform or on YouTube. LSU run rules Kentucky through through uh, eight innings. The score was 14-1 in the very beginning of the game. Two grand slams and another three-run bomb to start that game. So, I mean, you know, Friday was a ugh, Thursday. I keep doing that. That's why I hate these Thursday night games. Thursday was a, was a big game for LSU. Offensively, Paul Skeens had a great night. 13 strikeouts through with six innings. Um, Paul Skeens had a great night offensively. This team was just clicking uh, on all cylinders. This team was clicking. Game two was not as good of a game for LSU. It had nothing to do with the offense. And it really, truly was the pitching. was a problem on uh, on Friday night. Kentucky ultimately ends up winning that game on Friday night, 13-10. And it was a Kentucky fifth that really got LSU into some trouble. And if I had a dollar for every time a Kentucky fifth got me into trouble, you know, I, I feel you. So the fifth inning, uh, Kentucky scores five runs, and then they score another five in the seventh. Griffin Herring gave up seven of those runs on six uh, on, on six hits. Ty Floyd got the start on Friday night. And this is my biggest takeaway from that night. Defensively, things could have been better. On the mound, things could have been tighter. There are a little, too many errors for my liking. My thing with Ty Floyd, and I'll, I will kind of make this a blanket statement for both Ty Floyd and for Thatcher Hurd, who was on the mound Tuesday night against ULL. I haven't loved what I have seen from either of two of those two when they get the start. Of course, some nights they th- see things that are better than others, but overall, I, I really haven't been floored with what I've seen from either of those two pitchers, which is incredibly disappointing, especially considering the amount of hype that Thatcher Heard got coming into LSU when he transferred from UCLA. Very promising evaluation of Thatcher Heard, and the same thing with Ty Floyd. I've seen enough from those two guys. I think we have all, as LSU baseball fans, have seen enough from those two guys to now be asking ourselves, okay, now when does it get better? I'll always give teams, individual players, a little bit of a grace period at the beginning of the season, especially when they're transfers. You need to get settled in, get settled into the season, get settled into the system, if that's applicable here. Get settled into what the coaches are asking you to do. If I want to apply it into football, let's look back at the Florida State game this past year. That team looked a whole lot different than the team that played against Florida or Ole Miss or Alabama. The team looked very, very different. Sometimes you just need a little bit of wiggle room. Sometimes you need a little bit of a grace period. 
So that's what I was giving Thatcher Hurd and Ty Floyd. But now, to where it stands, my evaluation, honestly, I haven't seen either of them get that much better. And really, upon my evaluation, it seems that those two have almost hurt the team more than they've helped the team. I don't want the bullpen to be the reason why LSU may fall short of expectations because there really truly is too much talent in that bullpen for it to be a a downfall for this team. So that was the disappointing thing on uh, on Friday Friday night was just how the pitching just kind of imploded. And it makes me nervous about in the future, you know, let's say if LSU drops a Friday night game, a game one, if you will, the night the Paul Skeens pitches. I don't feel overly confident about either of your two starters on a Saturday or Sunday, game two or game three, for those two to steal those games and to secure those series. That's the thing, is I can't trust Ty Floyd to say you need to win this Saturday game to save this series. Now, as I will say with any critique of any player in any sport, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Ty Floyd. Prove me wrong. But game three, LSU secures a series win, taking down Kentucky seven to six. And look, you're not going to sweep every series. You're not going to win every single game. Not every single game is going to be pretty. The game on Friday and Saturday nights, they weren't pretty. That second game against South Carolina, man, oh man, was that not pretty, but it was beautiful. But that's the important thing for LSU getting through conference play. It's just find ways to win series. Find ways to win games and to secure those series. You don't need to win every single game 20 to zero. You don't need to sweep every single opponent. Just get in, get the work done, get out with a series win, and secure your spot as the number one team in the country, which is exactly what LSU has done after that that series against Kentucky. LSU, unanimous number one team in the country on Monday morning. So LSU still has that number one spot. And they keep finding ways to win games. And I think that's a very special trait and a very special attribute amongst teams. And I think what makes LSU very special is they continue to find ways to win games. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, John Jancic's evaluation of the defensive line, of the outside linebackers, and of special teams. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU.